evening fellow travelers don't need to do my usual intro this is an impromptu recording and uh, wanting to share something interesting that's happened i haven't quite had enough time to really chew on that marrow but uh, i'll try to give you a little context before i i get into the the reason why I'm sharing it now. So I'll just mention that one individual. Actually, I don't remember his name. So this guy came in, definitely a different outfit, more, uh, not like a typical pilgrim, you know, or look pretty much like cotton. The shoes were not hiking shoes. They're like leather boots, kind of a city, urban. Uh, kind of uh, things like um, military, like uh, badges, you know, those rectangles that people have on their jacket to show which battle they've been on. So kind of a funny attire, unusual at least. Definitely uh, eccentric or eclectic. No, eccentric. And so this guy come in and he looks uh, Spanish. But when he start talking and I'm like, well, you're definitely not Spanish because... He has a, he has a, he's laying it on thick, is whatever accent is, but sounds Anglo-Saxon to me. And uh, so basically, he started talking and I don't know, something I realized quite soon was like something felt weird. I just felt weird, the energy. Uh, but I was like, you know, no, nothing happened special. Maybe one noteworthy uh, anecdote is that he chugged the two... 33 centiliters of beer within maybe one or two minutes at the spot. And then he went upstairs and uh, I never saw him until he came down for dinner, uh, which he had uh, paid for. So, you know, which was fine. I checked on him once, you know, to see if he was okay. And was like, yes. And, you know, just I was upstairs to do something. So I kind of wanted to acknowledge. And so he came down for dinner and, uh, so there were four four people plus five at different one did not. I'll talk about the crowd tomorrow. But um, initially, you know, we went around in circles, kind of you know introducing the, the, the kind of usual suspect. And uh, I didn't see that much activity tonight, but I don't think it has anything to do with him. I just uh, I don't know, just a little key, I guess. And. Uh, and his was finding peace, actually, on the Camino that was kind of expressed. But there was just there was just something strange, kind of a weird directness, kind of like strong. But on that, that just uh, doesn't try to warrant it. It was just something untimely about things. To me, to me, of course, I'm, I'm not saying that's what it was, my experience. And then... Uh, you know, then I was off and went upstairs to, to check on some staff and then uh, check on, a, on the girl, the young French girl that was there. Make sure she knew that she could still come and hang out if she wanted to, even though she did not, you know, she wasn't going to be eating dinner, but she could come down and but she was fine to be chilling there. And so then I kind of went back down and there was a conversation, talked about the different things. Actually, this guy brought up uh, Paolo Coelho, the alchemist, and... Uh, Talk about that kind of analogy about the horse and the camel. Uh, I'm actually not even sure what the point of it was, but talking about 
like a camel will betray you because he will not let you know when he has trouble and he will just drop dead when a horse you know you will know you will know ahead of time anyway so something about that and you know talked about that to me that the, the book has been uh, influential and important although we have a family taking a sunday night stroll Buenas tardes. And uh, then I don't quite remember. There was something to, t uh, I think, uh, we're kind of talking about the Camino. Like, you know, how fast the is special. You know, most of them have done it more than once. So, and I'm like, yes, but I said, I don't, I don't believe it's a Camino. I think it's a people. I mean, there is, of course, a Camino because there is a collective belief behind the Camino. It has its aura. You know this kind of reputation so there is that part but whatever that kind of placebo effect i call it of people you know just kind of having that belief and then, then they have whatever is going on in their life and they they just it click it just kind of makes sense to combine the grieving the frustration the confusion you know the stagnation whatever it is and somehow what makes sense or what they understand, whatever the reason is or whatever the symbolism that they have behind the Camino, and those things just kind of, for whatever reason, for omens came in, and it just makes sense. And uh, so, you know, kind of talked about that and kind of the way that I look at it. Can I, I mean, obviously, it has been quite a meaningful part of my life, there's no question. And uh, and then he was he brought some points. So and I guess where I got caught off guard is uh I guess I didn't realize it didn't have to make sense. So it wasn't about making sense. It wasn't really a rational argument or point he was bringing to the table. And then the, let's see if I remember at least one of them. There were several. And at one point it was like there was no way I, I just couldn't keep up because it was just like going all over the place. It was kind of like uh, Donald Trump, you know. You say something, then you had something else, and then you, you go on the attack about something that just really very weird. But let's see, one of his points, talking about people, you know, coming to Spain, and not everybody can do it. And I'm like, well, you I mean, you know, everybody, everybody in their own way, you know, it's like we, we all get to choose. The fact that you have a different choice doesn't change the, the basic fact that that's one thing we all have to do is to choose. And, you know, say, well, some people don't, or they're responsible. I'm like, well, you... We all kind of know that, you know, you can uh, you can end your life. You know, I mean, most people don't do it, but I'm not even talking about that being right or wrong, but that you can end your life. You know, you, you, you somehow have to choose, you have to sell yourself the idea of being alive. And, and, and I do, but that, that I'm quite convinced. However it is, because I have to do it for my family, for my children, for my wife, for my job, or, or whatever the case is, oh, I have that to do, or... You know, however you you make you sell it, but it's a selling. You know, it's because it's like you don't have to. You know, uh, for me, I'm I didn't bring that up, but you know, the I have to breathe. I don't know how not to breathe, and then I have to die. Uh, those are the two things that I don't have a choice. But everything else, well, actually, I I don't have a. I have to die at some point. You know, like. Uh, whether I want to or not, here we go. Whether I want to or not, I will die. And then uh, whether I want to or not, I have to breathe. You know, I could choose not to drink water, not to eat food, and I could choose to end my life prematurely. And uh, it seems to be, you know, biology, survival, makes it to where uh, 
we don't, most of us don't, even though we get very quite miserable at times. And I definitely got to the place to where I wanted to end my life, but I didn't. And uh, and some people do. But my, my only point was that, well, we can all die. We can all end our life. Most people kind of would know, you know, there's ways that you can do it. And for whatever reason, you know, we, we find ways to keep living and, you know, and I don't need to be comparing myself with a kid growing up in a civil war torn area and knowing his entire life just at to make one thing more or less or more privileged than another way, it's just different, you know. And and I do not negate the, the, the horror of what it must be like, you know, to grow in that and I don't claim to understand and to justify it or to kind of label. But it's it's a, it is a life and it is obviously a life that is quite common in our part of our evolution as a human, you know, in terms of suffering. And it was just weird and it kind of uh, I guess possibly, well, maybe I got a little bit on defensive. I kind of got annoyed because it was like, you know, you, you're kind of bringing a point and then it's like, then there is no afterthought. It's like you're saying it and then if you kind of held to account for it or to justify it to, or if you say that, well, I don't necessarily agree with you, then it becomes irrelevant and then the point is gone and it becomes something else. It was just a weird, slippery uh evolution in a discussion and I definitely felt uncomfortable and I could sense his energy, I could definitely sense anger you know, his, his uh, body language and uh, you know, just uh, very, very, very very strange, I did not see that coming uh, and then at one point I found, a, I found an out and I took it, it was very nice uh, so it didn't go very far I definitely did not get torn up as I could have but it definitely did affect me. Obviously, here I am now walking, you know, to kind of uh, uh, blow that steam off. And uh, interesting, interesting fellow. Uh, I'm obviously, you know, not going to be looking at chatting with him or doing anything or trying to clarify anything because there's nothing to be clarified. Obviously, you know, pretty much what happened in the dining table mean one thing is that communication is just not viable there. So, and of course, I am responsible, you know, because he is my guest. So, you know, I did, I did kind of make a stand and kind of like, you know, state, state something to some extent. And then once I moved on, then I was like, yeah, no need to go back to it. And then everybody pretty much moved on. I don't know what everybody's experience was because I definitely will not be talking about him behind his back. So that, that part will just be something that uh, will eventually, you know, be that sand castle on the beach that the tide will uh, will wash off. And, uh, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I do feel good about that one thing, which is I didn't cut up. I didn't get cut up or swallowed up as much as before. Kind of that learning curve. Uh, yeah. Uh, because I did feel actually, I did feel angry. Because I feel like I felt disrespected. I was like, if you're going to bring something, if you're going to share something, you know, uh, you know, kind of almost like have the decency to. 
you have something behind what you're saying, and you don't just saying it for whatever that I don't I don't know. It just felt like how how can the conversation be held if some basic you know basic rule, which is okay. So let's say somebody brings a topic, and somebody is going to challenge that topic, and then you kind of you know sharpen kind of the point or whatever it is. It becomes an opportunity for an exchange. There can be a little banter, but you know it's kind of uh, it's kind of civilized, and there's kind of a, a reason. To and, uh, and there's kind of closure and then you move on, you know, it's not like you have to agree with each other, but there is kind of a decency, kind of respect and definitely in this case, I felt that that wasn't the case and that, that felt a little annoying and maybe, maybe maybe me as a host, I kind of felt compelled a little bit to kind of, uh, you know, to kind of redirect or to be in a challenge and uh, I honestly don't know how different because until I kind of realized that that wasn't going to go anywhere, it's like sometimes you know you don't know that the line has been crossed, and or you don't know where the line in the line is until you cross it. And uh, it was one of those things. And I, and I do, I do feel good of had not too far it went, and then kind of moved on, having this little bubble inside of me. It was nice to do the few dishes. It was, Obviously, not too much to clean. The crowd was, it's going to be an early go to sleep, so I have a feeling those guys are going to be up pretty early. We don't have a 10 year old Japanese boy, but it's uh, just strange, you know. And like I said, pretty much from the get go, there was just something about the guy that uh, was kind of pretending. I mean, his name is Robert, I think Donovan, I forgot the name. It was just like, I mean, there's like, there's nothing. I think he had some kind of visa to Mexico, so obviously, I mean, he does have uh, Hispanic uh, roots, no question, when you look at the fellow, uh, not Spanish, like uh, Central or South America, I think Mexico possibly, I think he mentioned, but there's just something that, from what he said from the get-go, that it was like, I can't trust the guy, there's just something about it, whatever he's going to say, it's not going to be reliable. And uh, and maybe the thing that I'll take from it is, you know, if something like that kind of, kind of a weird curveball, you know, something like, what the heck is that? And then to just kind of stop, you know, and then not over-relying on reason, you know, or trying to kind of clarify stuff, but being just like, yeah, this is going to be a fucked up one, and then just... Uh, Stop right then and then exit basically as soon as possible. Uh, it's overrated, you know, the, the idea of reasoning. I mean, you said, you know, in debate, like, uh, it was what a little video I didn't watch. I mean, I watched 10 seconds. Mm, Richard Dawkins, with a Muslim scholar, I'm assuming, I'm not sure. And we're talking about like the wing wars, and I guess. Mohammed going to heaven or whatever, and then basically Richard Dawkins trying to have a rational argument, as if basically religion had to be fitted into that box, because of course, since he's a scientist, in case you don't know, I don't know if he's like a, a neurophysicist, I'm not sure exactly what he is, but it's kind of a brain, I guess, in his field, Richard Dawkins. And basically he's an atheist, so it's one of the, there are a few of them that are kind of outspoken, and don't mind to go out and debate. And 
that there is, you know, there is intoler intolerance in religion and there is intolerance in, in science. It's kind of a, yeah, kind of extreme there. And uh, so trying to have a completely rational and logical conversation about religion is, is nonsensical. It doesn't actually make sense because some of it is not bound by those laws. You know, and as human beings, as if as human beings should only be contained to what's reasonable and what's logic and everything else that's not, it's not up or it's not capable to be talked. That I don't agree. But for some people, it's not something that they can, you know. Uh, you know, because they are not wired that way. And they don't appreciate the fact that uh, there may be more to life than what they can grasp. And they just have this overly confidence and over, over arrogance and confidence about what they feel that they can grasp and that it's good enough. And if it doesn't fit into that, then it must be erroneous. And people can be convinced or corrected. And I don't believe that, you know. Uh, but this, this was very interesting. It was just a weird, you know, I'm definitely, uh, yeah, I'm thrown off by this guy. Uh, because, he, yeah, it just didn't make any sense. That's it. That's kind of tricky. How can you relate to something where you can't frame it, label it, when you can't format it? And, uh, yeah, I'm not left with answers. But maybe, maybe the appreciation of where becoming mindful of, uh, of a dissonance between the two parties and then to basically move out. And I kind of knew, actually, I mean, I knew, you know, I felt weird about the guy from the get-go, so there is maybe there, there is my point there, to trust that kind of gut feeling. Um, you know, because who knows how this guy is perceived? You know, I'm sure you talk to a lot of people, everybody's going to have a complete different version than mine. And not that mine is right and theirs is wrong, but mine is relevant for me and pertinent enough as far as I'm concerned. And then for me to hear that gut feeling is my prerogative, I feel. And uh, so thank you. Maybe learning that in the future, when that's happening, then to basically verbally to engage at the minimum. And then if that person you come and learn your dinner, then I will to stay away, to stay away from that. That's definitely the way that I'm going to take that, at least for now, you know. And because I am I am a host, I am responsible. There were the other guests, you know, there were three other people. It would have been different if it would just been me and him. Uh, but the fact that there were other people and I was like, yeah, I don't want that to be, I don't want people to be more uncomfortable. My guess is it might have been a little bit because obviously I took a stand and I was kind of calling up. I was, uh, you know, creating kind of accountability here, saying, hey, dude, I'm saying that because you said that, you know, and then, anyway, and then, of course, the whole thing, it was very Trump-esque, very Trump-esque, where you feel like you're talking to another human being, and then you're just not using the same language, and uh, this assumption, you know, that there is a way in which a conversation goes, that's actually an interesting point, you know, this assumption that this is the way you know, in conversation, I, I'm definitely learning. It's so complicated, you know, the idea of being understood, you know, of being heard. It's just not that simple. 
or what you think, you know, is being heard is uh, not necessarily the case. And, you know, my case in point was Glenda, you know, after so many years and having her sharing with me some of those things that she, you know, those misunderstanding, I'm like, how can you believe that about me? You, you know me better than that, that I would do that. Anyway, so it's very, very interesting. And I think it has to do with emotion. When the emotion gets strong, then the, the reason backs off. And then the reason will find a way to either pacify it or to justify it and integrate it if it's not able to to do anything else. And then maybe as a way to normalize it, not sure. But uh, for me, there is no doubt that emotions rule, not reason. Emotion dictate reason, not the other way around. I do believe that we are mostly emotional creature. And reason is, for most of us, you know, some people, it may be the major muscle, but I believe that for most of us, emotion is the main driving. It has nothing to do with truth, with right and wrong. It just has to do with what is needed for me to feel, you know, what I want to feel or what I think I should feel. And then everything goes. The end justify the means. So... So, anywho, interesting, interesting. But, uh, you know, just some sparks, so nothing more. No smokes, no fire, just some sparks. Uh, like I say, quite a surprise. Quite a surprise for me on this beautiful... Uh, it's going to be wet. In by now, and it's, uh, the sun looks like it's going to be like an hour and a half at least uh, to go. Maybe a little more. More like it's going to be around 10 anyway for this for it to get dark. But for sunset, yeah, maybe an hour and a half. And it's, uh, the breeze is nice now, so it's been, been a warm day today, but not, uh, I would definitely not call it hot. Not call it a hot day. So, but I'm not going to digress here. That's kind of what I wanted to share. And my energy is kind of uh, leaving me, so there I am again, you know. It's after eight and I'm kind of done. Uh, sometimes I wonder about that too. I mean, I'm not going to be doing anything about it for now, you know. Uh, but my, uh, I mean, yeah, I haven't had dinner, but you know, I had a, I had what I had three pieces of toast. I had a nice big bowl of uh, oatmeal with fruit. I had some cantaloupe. I had a nectarine. I had a banana. I had a nice big plate of uh, paella this morning. And I had some lentils later, and I had like uh, three little squares or four of chocolate with some almonds. I had some walnuts. You know, it's like, uh, I mean, uh, I'm not fucking fasting. I'm not starving myself. So, and, and I don't think, well, I don't, I don't want to stop for that. I feel like stop eating sooner, even though I had a, those, my toast, I actually had them later in the afternoon because I was still hungry. Um, oh, and I had also pasta. Pasta salad with pesto and then tomato that I made yesterday. So I had also a plate of that. So, <laughs> yeah, I did not eat a little. So I don't feel like I'm running on empty, you know, and I'm not also on the Camino. So, you know, I do my around like 40 to one hour of walking in the morning and and then I'm pretty much sedentary. So. And actually more to do with the fact that I'm so much sedentary. Anyhow. 
But uh, so that in combination with that interesting encounter. And uh, if I don't have anything more to add on the subject, that is really the only reason for my recording this uh, bit, this bite right now. So I'll leave it at that, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Peace.